Friday, November 25th, 2022. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in 10 to 15 minute episodes. The big story from yesterday is that Xavier beat Florida 90-83 in the first round of the PK-85. Sule Boom and Colby Jones both went for 22 points to lead Xavier. The Musketeers are now set for a battle with number 8 Duke today at 3.30 Eastern on ESPN in the second round of the PK-85 with the winner advancing to Sunday's championship game. I talked with Adam Baum of the Cincinnati Enquirer about that Florida win, along with a preview of the Duke game, and that's coming up in just a minute. The only other local action from yesterday was Dayton, who lost their second straight game in the battle for Atlantis. NC State beat Dayton 76-64, and the Flyers were led in scoring by Tumani Kamara, who had 19. Deron Holmes added 17. It's still early in the season, but there are definitely reasons to be concerned if you're a Dayton fan, because after Atlantis, they only have three games against Ken Palm top 50 teams the rest of the season, two of which are St. Louis, who's 46th, and the other being Virginia Tech in the non-conference. Losing to UNLV, Wisconsin, and NC State has put the Flyers in a tough spot for their resume with things to figure out going forward. Still plenty of time left, but... The wiggle room to pick up those key wins is dwindling, even though it's still just November. Dayton plays BYU today in their final game in the Bahamas at 3.30 Eastern on ESPNU. The Cougars are ranked 65th and have lost to USC and Butler so far in this tournament. Let's turn now to my conversation with Adam Baum about Xavier. Joined now by Adam Baum of the Cincinnati Enquirer. Xavier gets a 90-83 win over Florida. The defense was sketchy at times, Adam, but the offense looked phenomenal. Xavier scores 42 points in the first half, 48 points in the second half, and they scored when it mattered. They got the stops when it mattered down the stretch. What were your overall impressions of this game? Yeah, I was I was impressed with, with how their offense never really got stuck. You know, I think a lot of times – uh, you're not getting stops defensively, and that can really impact your offense. I felt like this team never really ran into that problem tonight. And honestly, that probably had a lot to do with why they were able to win the game. And for for as weird as the defense was most of the night, I mean, Florida scored 46 points in the paint. So in Xavier's last two games, they've allowed 96 points in the paint to Indiana and Florida, which is pretty remarkable. But you know, they, they were so spotty all night defensively, and then the final three minutes of the game, they hold Florida to four points. And while they're doing that, their offense was executing. They were getting what they wanted at the other end of the floor. And re- really with this team, it's going to be a question of can your defense ever catch your offense at any point this season? You know, if you can get those on the same page. Look out. Look out. Yeah, when you, when you can finally put everything together. So you look today, and Sule Boom goes for 22. Colby Jones goes for 22. Three more scoring double figures, Kunkel, Nunji, and Fremantle. But when you look at Sule Boom, a grad transfer up here to Xavier from UTEP, he's been around the block. He actually played for uh, Todd Golden when Todd Golden was an assistant at San Francisco forever ago, so there's those ties in there. He's been around the block, and he comes here to, to the high major team in Xavier and has this production. 
so quickly. How valuable do you think that is for Xavier? Well, it's something that, you know, this is my fifth year covering Xavier. Haven't really had that from the point guard position. Now, there were moments where, you know, Paul Scruggs was really out of position playing point guard where he might pop off and have a big game. But, like, tonight, Sule goes 7 of 8 at the foul line, 7 of 14 from the field, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 turnovers. And for a while there in the first half, he was – he was everything. I felt like Sule really got Xavier to halftime. And uh, and the team, you know, Colby talked about this. He mentioned after the game that Sule is like the head of the snake for Xavier. Yeah. Like he really sets that tone for them offensively. And I love his confidence level. Like he's, he's a little out of position. You know, everyone calls him a combo guard. He's playing point guard. He just talked about that after this game, that this is kind of a new development for him. But he's really attacking this opportunity, and it's been great to see. I mean, getting getting that kind of production out of the point guard position, that's exactly what Sean Miller wants. Every time Florida went on a run to try and get back in the game, it felt like Xavier kept Florida at arm's distance. They were there, they were close, but they weren't close enough to make that run to get over the edge to really separate themselves, and Xavier was always right there with an answer. What did you feel like, Adam, Xavier did so well to be able – to contain that Florida run when that really mattered the most? Well, Paul, I feel like they ran the make shots offense. Um, (laughs) No, but seriously, you look at their numbers, and they made 10 threes and they shot 50% from the three-point line. And honestly, I thought that was a big part of how this game played out was that every time Florida tried to scrape together a run and, and really got the game close within striking distance, it seemed like Xavier hit a big shot. And, uh, and I think that the fact that their offense is already there to that level in Game 5, and they're going to get a good test for that offense tomorrow. But I, I think that bodes well for this team. There are still questions about the defense, but the fact that they're, they are where they are offensively, um, it's pretty impressive only five games in, into the season. Uh, you look back at some of the Xavier teams that have had a lot of success you know, in the last five, six, seven years when you look back at some of those teams with – J.P. Makura, Trayvon Blewett, a lot of those games that they would win, they would win simply by outscoring their opponent. It wasn't always that they would out-defend people, and now you're starting to see that here again where Xavier tonight just straight up outscored Florida when it mattered the most. And the other thing that I was watching closely in this game was the rebounding. And and I know you're going to look at it and you're going to say Florida got 14 offensive rebounds. It never really broke Xavier's back, though. The rebounding race for the whole game, Xavier out-rebounded Florida 42-36. to Xavier had nine offensive rebounds of their own. Coming into this game, Xavier was like 268, 269 in the country in defensive rebounding. So this performance might not necessarily help that number, but I know for a fact that Xavier got challenged to be a better rebounding basketball team. And I felt like tonight, for the most part, they, they responded well. I thought they really really took advantage of the glass in a lot of spots. And one other thing for Xavier offensively is that one of the things it feels like Xavier has done best this year is that they haven't settled for bad shots. Zach Fremantle hadn't made a three this year, but that was only because he wasn't really attempting threes this year. And then in this game tonight, Desmond Claude, Zach Fremantle, they both make their first threes of the season. And you're starting to see some some of that distribution, I guess, that they're not settling for those threes that they're taking them when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, that that's a really good point. I'd have to go back and watch this game tonight, but I'm trying to think. 
Like, I don't remember too many shots that Xavier took where I immediately thought, like, oh, that's a bad shot. I don't yep. like that shot. Like, they really worked for good shots. And when you shoot 33 of 59 from the field, um, that that is in an indication in and of itself that you're taking good shots. If you're going to shoot 56% from the field against, I think Florida was a top 50 defensive team on Ken Palm coming into this game. So... And Colby Jones, too, he made his first three in the game tonight. He made his first three of the season, and then he finishes four for five from three. And yep. it just we hadn't seen him shoot that much from three coming into this game, and then all of a sudden tonight he goes for four for five. And you know what's interesting is I don't, I don't think that you were in the building yet. I think you were still across the street. I was still scrambling. Was scrambling to get here. <laughs> but Colby's first three was a miss, all right? And he had a ton of space to shoot this shot and I remember thinking after he took it man they might just give him that and it turns out that like that was a mistake (laughs) Colby ends up making his next four finishes four for five from from three and and Sean talked about it after the game he said look we know that Colby's a better shooter than what we've seen so far this season and tonight reaffirms that in our minds that we have another guy who's capable of really getting hot behind the three-point line and that, just think about this. If Xavier can add that dimension into this team, having your wing, you're arguably your most important player, if he can be a reliable guy to step back behind the three-point line and knock one down, this team has a ton of weapons offensively. Now, it's one game um, I'm not ready to, uh, to just automatically crown Colby Jones as a consistent three-point shooter, but that is a, a storyline to monitor going forward. So now Xavier turns their attention to a Duke team tomorrow that Xavier fans are going to want revenge for all the way back from 2004 when Xavier was on the precipice of their first Final Four in program history, but Duke ended up winning that game 66-63. Thad Motto was the head coach of the Musketeers at that point. Adam, you were in the building for Duke and Oregon State. You mentioned I was still over there finishing up Villanova and Iowa State. You caught the end of Duke and Oregon State, where Oregon State had Duke on the ropes. They were winning that game with 10 minutes to go, and they had a shot at the buzzer to tie the game. They actually had two great looks to tie the game, the Beavers did, but neither of them fell. Duke wins 54-51, to and now the Musketeers are going to have their hands full tomorrow with a top 15 game. Yeah, and to be honest, like Duke did not look good, um, and I don't know that that's going to happen two days in a row, but... You know, you look at what they just did against Oregon State. They shot the ball. They were 16 of 60 from the field, Uh, 27%. They made 5 out of 29 from 3. They actually made more free throws in this game than they made field goals. And and honestly, the only reason that Duke was able to hang on was because they got stops defensively, and then they had 22 offensive rebounds against Oregon State. So once again, tomorrow, Duke is big. They have a lot of size. They're athletic. Xavier has to be ready to rebound. They have to do a better job defensively. And then, honestly, if you're sitting here in your Duke and you just watched what Xavier's offense did to Florida, you're probably wondering, man, we've got a real tough task tomorrow to figure out how to slow down Xavier offensively. So this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Duke certainly looked gettable today. I, I don't think that they struck fear into Xavier at all, but 
um, we'll see, man. It's going to be fun. At the end of this game, Xavier fans were chanting, we want Duke. So they're ready. Yeah, they are. Xavier and Duke, 3.30 Eastern time. Uh, as I record this, I don't know what channel it's going to be on. I'm going to assume because it's Duke, it'll be on ESPN. But I don't, Safe assumption. I, I'd, say, I'd say that's probably a good assumption, but uh, I, I don't know yet. Um, but that's at 3.30 Eastern time, 12.30 Pacific time tomorrow. And then if Xavier wins that, it's a trip to the championship game on Sunday here in Portland. Adam, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thanks. Thanks again to Adam for joining me for that interview. And like I said to open the show, the Xavier Duke game is for sure on ESPN. I know there was some talk about that during the interview. The game is set for ESPN. Xavier has never beaten Duke. They're 0-4 against the Blue Devils all time. And the last time they played was all the way back in 2008 when Duke won 82 to 64. Now, I also talked yesterday about how important it is to win the first game of a tournament like this. And we saw that play out last night Gonzaga winning their opening round game in the PK 85, Purdue winning their opening round game, which means that Xavier is guaranteed a game on Sunday against either Purdue or Gonzaga. Win or lose, Xavier gets another high quality opponent on Sunday to finish out the tournament. Some national nuggets to close the show. Portland gave number one North Carolina all they could handle in their opening game of the PK-85, but the Tar Heels rallied to win it 89-81. to Kansas and Wisconsin went to overtime in the battle for Atlantis, and it took a heroic Kansas shot just before the buzzer for the Jayhawks to win 69-68. to Kansas will meet Tennessee in the Atlantis title game after the Volunteers needed overtime themselves to beat USC 73 to 66. That'll do it for today's rebound rundown. I don't know how many people really do the whole Black Friday shopping thing anymore, but if you do, best of luck getting your flat screen TVs. If Xavier beats Duke, be on the lookout for some emergency content, potentially a Saturday episode if my schedule allows for it. Have a great Friday. Enjoy all of the sports on today and throughout the weekend, and I'll talk to you next time on the Rebound Rundown.